Welcome to The Fast Five by Fear and Greed. I'm Michael Thompson and good morning, Sean Aylmer. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Adam Lang. Good morning, Michael. All right, five minutes. We are each going to put forward a big story, a big international story today. At the end, we're going to decide who wins, who has the biggest story of the year. Let's jump into it. Um, Adam, would you like to go first this morning? Sure. So for me, it's Ukraine. Vladimir Putin was a KGB foreign intelligence officer before becoming president of Russia in 2012, and he seems to have made it his life's mission to force Ukraine back into Russian control. This time last year, nearly 200,000 Russian troops began to amass along the Ukraine border, and they invaded on the 24th of February. I know that seems a long time ago, but it was just this year. Against this, Ukraine President Volodymyr Zelensky the former comedian and actor turned 44 years of age shortly before the invasion began and has galvanised his people, armies and the support of most of the world in fighting back. For 10 months, this war has caused devastation to the people, property and economy of Ukraine and it has impacted the world in realms from energy prices to wheat supply. Unbelievably, an estimated 100,000 Russian and 100,000 Ukraine troops have been killed or injured, and around 40,000 civilians have died. Well, Michael, good luck beating that one for the biggest international story of the year. Well, it certainly feels like it's, it's, it seems extraordinary that that's all been contained within this year, doesn't it? Because yeah. it feels like we've been talking about it for so long, and it's just been such a major thing that's been happening. Just a flow-on effect to everyone else. So energy price spikes particularly, and just what that has done to Europe and US and to a lesser extent, Australia. And, you know, one of the key reasons why economies are going into recession, just a massive story. Yeah, indeed. All right. Well, for me, I'm actually kind of combining two major political stories into one. And they both involve leaders or former leaders of our two closest allies, the US and the UK. We'll start with the US. The midterm elections saw a, a pretty strong rejection of former President Donald Trump's handpicked candidates, denying him the, the triumphant launch pad that he was expecting for his White House 2024 bid. He launched it anyway. Then earlier this month, the Congressional Committee examining the attack on the Capitol back on January 6, 2021, voted uh, to recommend that the US Department of Justice pursue criminal charges against the former president for the role that he played in what really was a failed insurrection. The Washington Post says that it could actually all feed into Trump's narrative of being unfairly targeted. So the US is still a deeply divided country. That doesn't seem like it'll change anytime soon. Head across the Atlantic. And what a shambles in the UK this year. We started the year with Boris Johnson as PM. He fell on his sword reluctantly, after being hammered for parties held during COVID lockdowns. He was replaced by Liz Truss, who introduced some disastrous tax policies and then fell on her sword as well. It seems there are a lot of swords just lying around waiting to be fallen upon. Uh, (laughs) She was then replaced by Rishi Sunak, who last time I checked was still the Prime Minister. So that is, Mm. in fact, saying something. In the middle of all this, you've then got the death of the Queen. So for a a country that's thrived on stability for so long, it's really had a very unstable, very unsettled year. Yes, it sure has. I'm happy for my entry to come in third in this instance behind the Ukraine and USA, UK politics. But what I've really enjoyed this year is Australia's re-engagement with the region. Early in the year, the strategically placed Solomon Islands signed a pact with China. 
And that was a kick up the proverbial to a lot of countries like Australia. It was a stark reminder that our nearest neighbours are important too, not just the US and UK, Michael. The Morrison government, the newly elected Albanese government, put the Pacific front and centre of diplomatic relations with Prime Minister Anthony Albanese and Foreign Minister Penny Wong visiting the region. We also had leaders coming to Canberra. All the while, China was stalking. And its foreign minister went on a 10-nation visit, hoping to carry favour. Didn't really work. By the end of the year, China hadn't made much headway, while Australia's relations with our Pacific neighbours is stronger. Not there yet, but at least a bit better. All right, that is a good story. I I don't like necessarily the reference to kick up the proverbial. And then what felt like a fairly kind of targeted uh, attack at me there as well. It felt like you got a little bit personal with that story. That's why, uh, Adam, I think you're the winner today. I don't mind which one wins. It's not mine, though. <laughs> no, no, definitely. I think I think the war in Ukraine, as we discussed, has really just kind of set the scene for so much that's happened this year. So I think definitely that is the biggest story of the year. Yep. All right. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Adam. That's it for today. Make sure you hit follow on the podcast. I'm Michael Thompson, and that's The Fast Five by Fear and Greed. 